27 minutes it is after 8 p.m. We go into our tech conversations tonight and we'll certainly come back uh, to the uh, issue of the MECs. I see many of you keep selling comments. Yeah, yeah on Neba, no, really cha, and others will certainly come back to those comments. Uh, but I think, you know, um, a topic like this, I must, I must uh, even if we disagree with Dr. Ramatuba, we must recognize and thank her for placing this issue on the agenda. Because one certainly hopes that our leaders and who have and wield the necessary political authority will raise it with their counterparts. We're not saying Dr. Ramatupa must go it and, and raise it, just like I said. Uh, and I made a few examples, I guess, uh, of that. And we'll come back to that. But now, let's talk about artificial intelligence and uh, what is called national or natural language understanding as an area of study out in artificial intelligence. Of course, this is when you speak to Alexa or Siri or Home Assistant uh, and uh, where you undertake uh, search by voice uh, or you give certain instructions. Uh, and uh, artificial intelligence, of course, and machine learning, um, you know, these machines begin to learn and begin to also be able to widen the scope of the kind of responses that they can give, but also ostensibly uh, are also fed into learning products that can better predict some of the things that we might want, might want to say just based on patterns that are picked up in our voices and so on. But a big part of it is that I can't speak Isikosa uh, to Siri and say, Siri, Siri's up in Latin. And I think this is a big part also even of other parts of AI, facial recognition and so on, and uh, some of the um, issues that arise from the national question and racism. Uh, where certain artificial intelligence facial recognition applications uh, seemingly are unable uh, to be um, intelligible or I guess aren't able to engage and comprehend uh, shades of uh, black people and so on and other people in the third world. So we're going to talk about this tonight. Professor Johann Stein joins me from the uh, School of Data Science and Computational Thinking out at uh, the University of Stellenbosch. Prof, good evening. Welcome. Hey, Bonga. Nice to hear from you. Hi. Prof, I can assume, and I think from what you've said, that uh, clearly Alexa, Siri, and others do not speak Isakosa, do not speak Zulu, do not speak Afrikaans. Um, what is the implication of this? Why should we care? No, it's a massive implication. Look, the data sets on medical imagery, if we think of breast cancer, prostate, lung cancer, and language understanding, is mostly Northern American or European. And I mean, my son, who's adopted, and most of his friends are, are Zulu Toza, they can't speak with my Google Home device because it doesn't understand them. Mm. So when it comes to upskilling, education, doing their homework, asking for medical advice, it is a massive problem. These data sets don't exist. We need to create them from scratch, and I'm glad to say there are many organizations and initiatives in Africa working on creating natural language understanding for languages within Africa. And, and, I, and I guess there's, there's the other question, of course, that uh, because a lot of these advances emerge from the global north, they are stamped with the national imprint, prejudices, racism, and other elements associated with that. And of course, you know, if, um, just take for an example, if I, if I live in a society where the majority of people speak Mandarin, it's highly unlikely that I'm going to create something that is uh, going to be mutually intelligible to people who are in another part of the world. Absolutely, and listen and the like, but to your point earlier, problem with facial recognition doesn't see and recognize female faces or people of darker skin tones, mm. massive problem. Biases in our data, 
a massive problem. The fact that people's medical injury and languages are not represented is a great problem. So that's why I always say that we as Africans should take the power in our own hands and we should create these data sets and technology ourselves. It is happening, not at scale yet, which is a problem, and that's why as government and society mm. and business, we need to hold hands and work together and make this work for the future of our children. Yeah. It's very important. Can I ask you something, Professor Stein? Mm. Is it desirable for us to make that advance? And I'll tell you why. You know, um, I remember a few months ago reading a book by Shoshana Zuboff titled The Age of Surveillance Capitalism. And she talks about how a lot of these AI and, you know, uh, I guess uh, assistants and so on, Siri, Alexa, um, and all of these are effectively very sophisticated, you know, uh, data rendering and capturing instruments that in the first instance are trying to better understand us, even the things that we might think are mundane and don't matter, to feed a certain machine that learns a lot more about us, able then to predict how we behave. And all of this is packaged very nicely. She calls it behavioral surplus. To sell to, you know, people who run massive ad machines at significant profit for themselves, including Google. Um, What is your thoughts on that and the downside at a privacy level, at the level of, the exploitative extraction of, you know, the digital patterns that we leave online and even, you know, in what we communicate to these assistants? That's such an important question. Not to Mm, speak to Alexa. Let's train them to do it responsibly. The problem we have, especially in South Africa, even though we have Popia, is that our responsible data and AI use is not regulated. There's no penalty for doing wrong. Even though we had the fourth industrial revolution the Presidential Commission in October of two years ago. Not much has happened. So that's why I'm saying let's join this fight. Let's do it right for the future of our children. Let's make sure that their digital footprints are protected. I mean, my boy is eight. I started posting about him on Facebook when he was a baby. I've already created the digital footprint. What will happen to him in the future? We have to grapple with this. It's a very, very serious issue, I think. But but how do we deal with the downside? I mean, I, I hear your point that it's, you know, we need to place the ambit of the responsibility on the user to exercise certain circumspection in what, how they use the platform. But what do we do about the platforms themselves? Um, because I think the issue of discrimination that you're raising, uh, the solution you raise is that let's build and embed a certain body of knowledge and code that recognizes Uh, African voices, African languages, African faces, and so on. And that's fine. But what do we do about the existing exploitative practices and uh, the breaches of privacy of some of these existing platforms? Yeah, in the Netflix documentary, uh, Coded Bias, we just need more people like that, not people from Silicon Valley, not native Westerners, people from Africa and the developing world. Look, these digital platforms are massive. They are bigger, I think, than city-states or countries when it comes to the global financial, uh, political influence even. We have to rise up, I would say. We have to make our voices heard. So I think, look, maybe I'm not answering your question, Bonga, but it's not about sitting still. It's, it's, it's not about saying Google and Facebook are so big and not even worth trying. There are many, many voices out there. We just have to start working together better educating people about this. Now, does it mean we stop using Google, stop using Facebook? That's a question worth mm. considering. 
but at least be aware of it. And I often, when I speak to my corporate customers, so to give you an idea, I spoke with a, a, a company recently that 89% of their customers are non-Caucasian. They wanted to install facial recognition across their global business, especially in Africa. And I said, do you have any idea how this is not going to work on dark faces? So I think it's that awareness, it's that education that is important. Even if that's the least we do, let's at least do that. And then, I, I mean, I guess uh, another question, which is what then becomes the role in, in your suggested way forward of um, a broader national system of innovation, but in particular, I think, you know, universities and even the basic education sector in building up, firstly, the knowledge base, but also, secondly, the ecosystem of resources, human financial effort and time, um, and also the enabling regulation to build out a South African AI agent, uh, you know, AI ecosystem uh, that has this imprint of all of the values that we think uh, at the moment, missing from the global global AI community. Absolutely. Prof, we're going to have to leave it there for tonight. Thank you very Thank much you. for taking time out to speak to Thank us. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.